0: Welcome inside episode 495 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains on a game day. For your Ottawa Senators, the Sens we knew would be without their top scorer, we knew they'd be without their top goal scorer, but we didn't know that their top defenseman would also be out of the lineup.
1: Not the kind of central bump we had in mind for Thomas Shabbat, who was supposed to play in his 300th game tonight, Ross, but one door closes, another one opens, and we're going to see who's going to take those minutes on the top power play. Who's going to end up playing with Zaitsev on the top pair? Can Branstrom pick up his game like he did at the end of last season when Thomas Shabbat went down? It's going to be interesting to find out. We also have a pair of revenge games. Let's get into it.
0: This is the Locked On Senators Podcast. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Tuesday, February 15th in Pilsy.
1: It was 5 1. A year ago today, we saw one of the greatest comebacks in Ottawa Senators' history up against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was 5-1, and Evgeny Dadonov became a Sens legend forever. Contract worth it just for that game? Easily. And he gave us Nick Holden, so Safety you gotta first. love it. Exactly. And who knows what that third pick will end up being. But... For the Sens to mount that comeback and for Leafs fans to be confident, to be sitting there thinking it's 5 1, we've got this one in the bag. You love to see that. Ross, the tears of Leafs fans just taste so much sweeter when it's an epic comeback like that. And they've been known to blow leads,
0: the Toronto Maple Leafs. 4 1 in game seven back against the Boston Bruins, but never have they blown a lead. That's the biggest comeback in Ottawa Senators history. Nick Paul with the shorty near the end of the second period. That was huge. Making it 5-2 and then the boys did the rest. And this photo just encapsulates the entire thing. Dadinov celebrating like this is how much of a throwback it is. It's one year ago today and in this photo there's Mike Riley and (laughs) Christian Willannon as two of the defensemen for the Ottawa Senators. So it just shows you how quick things can change. This photo literally belongs in the Louvre. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that Brady Kachuk eating dirt or eating ice, I should say, as he flies off the bench. Just an absolute beauty. And if you look really closely, a dejected Joe Thornton peers over the shoulder of Mike Riley. That episode of Amazon's uh, Leafs Do or Die was absolutely so good. electric. Pillsy, it feels like Ottawa is starting with a five-one deficit tonight against the st louis blues no josh norris no drake batherson no scott sabarin and no thomas shabbat but in all seriousness that is three big pieces out of the lineup and this is a, a st louis blues team that has their aspirations set on another stanley cup
1: and a st louis blues team with no injuries in their lineup as healthy whoa, whoa, as whoa. can be
0: not to disrespect marco scandela Oh, he's injured.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. damn. Sorry about that, Mark. Reset my, the lines bet <laughs> online. Reset yeah. the lines. He's he's a healthy scratch then, which is kind of surprising. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this Blues team, like, they're right. feeling it right now. They're coming off a five-one win. Um, Huso, their backup goalie, the young prospect.
0: Sens are, Sens are coming off a four-one win, bud.
1: Yes, that's true. It's <laughs> true, but a four-one win with Thomas Shabbat in for most of that game and uh, Ross. We've seen Mete Zaitsev as a pair before. And what? we we saw them as a third pair. Now we're going to have to see them as... I mean, obviously, Holden and Zub are going to get majority of the minutes here. Just because that's how it shakes out doesn't mean that's how the minutes are going to shake out. But we don't want to have to see Mete Zaitsev anymore, let alone more than we have to. So this is going to be a tough task. Because also, when we get to the St. Louis Blues lines, Ross, you can see this top nine is probably one of the most complete top nines in the entire league. Like a lot of teams have excellent top six forward lines, but all the way down to the third line here, they're scoring. There's they pack a punch every single position. So this Senators team being so down, being so out top guys being injured, like Matt Murray is going to have one hell of a project cut in, uh, out in front of them. And He's been up to the task lately, so you can't worry too much about that, but you can't score goals. Not often that
0: your save percentage goes up 10 points after two losses. It was Anton Forsberg in goal for that 4-1 win against Washington, but the last few games that Matt Murray has played has just been phenomenal goaltending, really, since January 1st. We can rewind the clock there. The win-loss doesn't look as sexy now. 5-2-2 instead of 5-0-2 right after, but hey, he's still giving this team a chance to win game in, game out. You can't win a game unless you score a goal, Pillsy, and he's got exactly zero goal support combined in his last two games. Yep. That's simply unacceptable. But do the Senators have enough firepower to get goals on any given night? Like, did they waste too many against Washington, if that's possible?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, if only you could transfer goals over, that'd be great, but... I, I think they're going to have a real tough time here, and we'll we'll see who starts the game for St. Louis, whether it's Bennington or Huso. But let's hope it's Bennington because he's been uh, he's been struggling lately. So it'd be nice to see the Sens at least have a, a weaker goalie going up against them to give them a chance. Which is funny to say when you're talking about the starter, not the backup for a change. But this like. I don't even know it, Ross. I, like, this lineup just does not give me a lot of confidence when you're going up against a big powerhouse team like the Blues.
0: No, me neither. And it's just too bad because this this game was supposed to happen, well, actually in November. So maybe it would have been even worse then, right? Because this is yeah. one of those rescheduled games. But maybe if you're looking at the positives, the Sens can take advantage of home ice in in the sense of getting last change. And if I'm DJ Smith, I'm going to Holden and Zub. I'm saying, boys, you're probably playing 30 tonight. Like, yeah, those are the guys who I want taking Shabbat's minutes, not saying, Hey, Mete, why don't you go play 23 tonight? No,
1: <laughs> after not playing for quite a while. Yeah, no,
0: can't. I, I just can't see it. So, if we're looking at D pairs that have played at least 50 minutes together, I've pulled this up and credit to Natural Statric for doing this. Um, where do I have it here? Bah, bah, bah. So, they haven't actually played enough time on ice together, uh, to qualify for 50 minutes, but man. <laughs> Shabbat has just carried Zaitsev for 400 minutes since the start of DJ Smith's tenure as head coach. Now, the only guy Shabbat's played more with over that time is Ron Hainsey, ironically enough. So now you're without Thomas Shabbat in the lineup. Obviously, it's a huge hole. How are you hoping to see this game unravel? Is probably the wrong term, but I feel like it might be a Freudian slip by me right there. But how do you hope to see this game progress as the decor shakes out.
1: Well, like you said, Holden and Zub are going to get a majority of this um, assignment for sure. But look, Branstrom and Brown, I was a little disappointed. Branstrom wasn't the guy elevated in the lineup, but who knows how many minutes Mets a are actually going to play. And Branstrom and Brown have been a good pair lately. And Branstrom said today, I like playing with Josh Brown. He's a big, stronger guy, helps me play a little bigger and helps me focus on moving the puck. So, He's going to have to step up big time here. And like I mentioned in the intro, last season when Tom Shabbat went down for that uh, bit of time, Branstrom stepped up his game in a big way. He's going to get an opportunity, I assume, to quarterback the top power play unit here. And Branstrom needs to start getting some points. Like, sure, his play overall, his defensive play, has been much better than before. But for a guy that's touted as a puck-moving defenseman and who we saw work magic on the power play in Belleville, He hasn't been able to transition that to the NHL. So this is, again, going to be another tough task for him. And he's going to have to step up because I don't think Shabbat's out long term. That's what it seems like for the Sens. And that's probably why we don't see Branstrom switch off his partner with Brown. DJ Smith wants to keep some continuity here. But this is, if you're Eric Branstrom, obviously you don't want anyone on your team to get injured. But this is the perfect opportunity for you here. And you need to seize this opportunity.
0: Just a slight correction there for me. I was looking at just the first year of DJ Smith's tenure with Shabbat playing more with Hainsey. than with Zaitsev, Shabbat and Zaitsev have played almost 1400 minutes together. Yeah. I thought that was
1: a little low. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that was just the first year. Now I have it as a full. Now Victor Mete has played 30 separate games, at least partially with Nikita Zaitsev, but they played 142 minutes together. They've been on the ice for four goals, four and eight against uh, in 142 minutes. So it's not statistically the absolute worst, but we've seen it in action, and it just doesn't really do the job. I see what you're talking about, and I praise DJ Smith for this same thing last week of not shaking up the pairs as often as he did at the start of the year. Nick Holden said it in his pre- post game uh, a while ago where – or maybe it was a practice day. I feel like it's more of a practice day question, but that he feels so much more confident being able to know that game in and game out, he's going to have the same partner, have the same reads, know where guys are, and that's gone a long way. So I don't mind from that standpoint, if you're Eric Branstrom, who would you rather play with Josh Brown or Nikita Zaitsev?
1: I mean, Josh Brown, <laughs> like if you're looking at the analytics and how he's been playing lately and what we just talked about having consistent D partner, I think it makes sense. So We're going to see Branstrom get elevated minutes here, but can Josh Brown continue to play uh, up to how he's been playing lately in an elevated role? That's going to be the big difference here, I think. Yeah, in 123
0: minutes, they're actually an above 50% Corsi share, above 50% goal share, Branstrom and Josh Brown. So I'm with you, man. I think that what really throws me for a loop, and later on in the show, we're going to get into the lines, our locked-on player, our lookout player. we got the St. Louis Blues lines. What an absolute team. They've assembled down in St. Louis. But I think what really threw me for a loop was how the pairs were ordered. I think if yeah. if Holden and Zuber are your top pair, then Brandstrom and Josh Brown, then Mete and Zaitsev, I think it's a little more palatable. But when you just see Mete and Zaitsev <laughs> as the number one pair against a Stanley Cup champion the last time there was a full 82-game season. And they needed all 82 games just to make the playoffs that year. If you recall, on January 1st, they were in dead last, and it was a practice fight that turned the whole thing around. A senator was involved in there. So we're going to talk revenge games, him and Logan Brown, playing against their former teams, then a complete preview of the game. But first, Pilsy, you've got a word from one of our favorite sponsors.
1: Yep, absolutely, Ross. Both of us are beard guys, and the way we keep our beards looking good, looking nice, and smelling nice is Primal Origin Oils. Got beard? Get primal. You heard that right. Got beard? Get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're the guy that's never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. I get that. I was one of those guys until I tried Primal Origin Oils. Because their goal is to help others look good and live healthier lives through the use of natural oils, guys. That's the key. None of this garbage. It's all natural stuff. The Products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients with a low impact on our planet. So you can feel good about what you're purchasing. Primal Origin Oils makes bombs, oils, whipped butter that are renowned as the best feeling in beard products available. That's because they have a blend with oils like raspberry seed. Rose Hip and Chia Seed Oil. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. Check out primaloriginoils.com to learn more about their full line of beard care products. And since you guys are loyal listeners of the Locked On podcast, we're gonna make sure you got a promo code. So type in promo code LockedON and you're gonna get yourself a 20% discount. That's not bad on a combo kit would be a great holiday gift. Valentine's Day just came and left. So if you got anniversaries, birthdays, anything like that, that's what you want to hit on. So personalize your experience and get a nice new beard for you or someone you care about. We know every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oil challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel in beard to other companies you've used. They're not worried about it. We promise you you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code LockedOn gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. Locked on promo code 20% off at checkout primaloriginoils.com.
0: And you can advertise with the Locked On Podcast Network. Just shoot us a DM on Twitter at Send Central, on Instagram, Locked On. Dot senators, or you can go to our YouTube page. It's the Locked On Senators YouTube page. We appreciate if you hit a subscription there. And our contact is available as well if you want to advertise with Locked On Senators. It's a game day edition, which means the postcast will be live following tonight's game against the St. Louis Blues. We're going to be joined by... At Laleem's Martian, as always, absolute beauty. Go follow him on Twitter. Got the clips rolling. New
1: haircut. Whoa, Martian! So
0: look out, look out, everyone. He's going to be very in sync tonight, and I'll let that (laughs) be a little tease for how Martian's going to come rolling in to the postcast. And we might be joined as well by Locked On Blues host Thomas Welsh, great guy as well. So stay tuned for the postcast. It'll start about fifteen minutes after the game tonight but if you go right now and subscribe to locked on senators on youtube you'll know exactly when we go live we get that little notification and the buys will be buzzing can promise you that win loser, draw because revenge is on the horizon for one guy or another should we start with the dearly departed or who the senators got in return
1: well let's start with the dearly departed ross because it's a quick conversation seeing as probably the other healthy scratch that we haven't no about. way he's gonna get healthy. he didn't play in last night's game and he's not on their uh updated lineup for daily oh, faceoff. No. so
0: he needs 13 he being logan brown needs <laughs> yeah 13 more games this year for ottawa to avoid sending a fourth round pick to st louis to complete the zach sanford trade with Ottawa. So he's gone. Hey, eh? just like that, because we had Rudy Balser syndrome for, for him for a little bit. Right. Yes. He makes it to the NHL. Finally. I, I mean, he made it a bit with Ottawa. We played 23 games yeah. in 2019, 2020. That's more games than he's gotten with St. Louis, True. but he started out so hot in St. Louis. Now they just extended him and they gave him a one-way contract next year. So that's when things will become very interesting, but He scored in his first game with St. Louis. He scored in his third game with St. Louis. And he had points in five of his first six games with the Blues. But since then, Pilsy, only one point in his last 10 games. So five points in his first six, one point in his last 10. And he hasn't scored a goal in his last 15 games. So I think it was a little bit of... The hype when you get in, you're feeling good. Your momentum's in full swing. Is that what you think kind of fell off here with Logan Brown?
1: Absolutely. And look, we said it all along. We loved watching Logan Brown in Belleville. So sick. We hoped Nick Paul, and Drake Batherson were unbelievable as a line. Yeah, epic. So we knew the potential there. We said it many times. We hope he does well. It's just not going to happen with Ottawa. There's just... It's not working. The relationship had soured a long time ago with agents, parents getting involved. Like <laughs> things were just out of control. Right? Out of control. So we knew he had to move on. I wasn't surprised when he was hot. St. Louis is a great team for him to go to. Hometown kid. So he's got a lot of uh, motivation to do well there. He's playing in a bottom six role. And yeah, he had good line mates to support him. But again... I wasn't surprised when he cooled off too, because this is a guy that just did not play with enough emphasis. He did not use his size to his you advantage. You think he could
0: spell intensity?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe not. Um, and also it was good to get one Brown off the roster. Like too many. There was too many Browns. Like it was just, it was getting, it was like the Montreal Canadians collecting pitlicks here. Right. Like it was just <laughs> wild. So Logan Brown had to move on. And then when he cooled off, that made a lot of sense. This this whole tra- this part of the trade with the draft pick involved is so funny. It's so weird that the Ottawa Senators get that looped in. I feel like every single time there's a trade, Ross, the GM is like, oh, you guys are the Senators, so you're going to throw in the extra pick, right? Right. That's, that's standard practice in the NHL with trading with the Sens is they throw an extra pick in there. But look, it's too bad, but I don't think Logan Brown's going to play tonight. No, that's too bad. Anyways, here's Wonderwall. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I was excited to watch Logan Brown. watch, watches, if you're uh, if
1: you're on YouTube, holy crap!
0: That's before that's his whole signing NFL NFL bonus. Deal. Yeah, no doubt. Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, that was Pierre Dorian's first draft pick yes. as general manager of the Ottawa Center. Don't, don't let him forget that. As Jacob Trichardt right behind him, Charlie McAvoy right mm-hmm. behind him. We clown on the Boston Bruins for the 2015 draft. They certainly flip that script the next year, taking Charlie McAvoy three picks later as locked on Bruins host, Ian McLaren was quick to point out with me as I posted that fun clip from our Thomas Shavad interview yesterday I where I mentioned, but it's not the same because the
1: three draft picks in a row. Like it's not the same, but if you, if you followed along teammate? with that, if you followed along with that story, you know, that wasn't their plan, right? The, the Kings or the, sorry, the Bruins had Martin Jones for half yeah. a second and yeah, something didn't work out there and they didn't mean to take all three of those picks. So, but it's still an Epic fail.
0: It's unreal. And then, yeah. I mean, the cherry on top is taking Shabbat's D partner who was ranked higher from central scouting. Yes. But then you can't clown on the Sens drafting or scouting in the same conversation. So that's where I kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop because it was very apparent by me, as I told Shabbat, I scouted him yes. when he was
1: playing Halifax. <laughs> I'm the reason Boots why. Who's on the ground, scouting, the which ground, we know buddies. is is effective.
0: Yeah, and then I think it was six months after his draft, he became the only defenseman to win World Juniors MVP. So, <laughs> I mean, you do the math on that one. Pretty solid. If you missed our interview with Shabby, he was absolutely great. Yes. Unfortunately, he's out of lineup at the Send Central bump. Will live on the moment that he's back yeah, in the lineup. It's, just
1: pending. And, it's a pending Send Central bump.
0: And we did have someone point out, so just for For fullness sake, we interviewed him before the hit against Washington. Of course, we would have brought that up with him. But that happened before Pilsey. We went long on Logan Brown. Shocker, tall guy, went long (laughs) on him. But that being said, we do have to talk revenge games and get a full preview of the game. Oh, my God. I have to pull up this photo of Logan Brown first. This is... Uh Uh-oh. no, it's it's heartwarming in a way, but it's also kind of sad. This is from Logan Brown's draft. Damn, Yeah, you got Daniel Alfredson on one side working with the organization at that time and the late, great Brian Murray there as well. His first draft as senior advisor, as I mentioned, Pierre Dorian had taken over, but that is, that's a photo right there, Pilsy. That's a, a historic photo here yep. in Send's history. Rest in peace, Brian Murray, a guy who was, I think unanimous on the Senator's Mount Rushmore seemed like everybody. When we did that last week, everyone had Beamer on the Mount Rushmore and the stories that come out about him, just an absolute beauty. Uh, So we'll see what is next with Logan Brown, however, coming up tonight against the player potentially again, might be a healthy scratch, but still we got to talk about Logan Brown. This guy with 11th overall pick for the Ottawa senators and never truly panned out. But Zach Sanford, I don't know if I could say he panned out, but he does have a hat-trick, one more than Logan Brown ever had with the Ottawa Senators. So let's touch on him and get a full preview of tonight's game. But on the way there, we got to let you know about our presenting sponsor, always with the Locked On Podcast Network. It's BetOnline.net. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for everything else you need. Basketball, boxing, UFC. Hockey, their coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Make sure you're locked on Senators wherever you download your podcast, including. On YouTube where we hope you subscribe and if you do hit that thumbs up button why not takes two seconds goes a long way for us comments even better let us know your favorite part of our interviews or what you disagree with us for we're always happy to go back and forth what we say is not gospel it's conversation and that's where Pilsy and I are going to pick up on Zach Sanford first of all this is a good time to get a grade on what you think Zach Sanford has done 45 games into his Senator's career. Is this about what you would have expected from Logan Brown? 14 points over this stretch of 45 games.
1: I mean, that's fair to say. Yeah. But I think Sanford has brought a little, a little something extra that Logan Brown can't Right, Veteran experience. It's funny saying a veteran. I think he's only 27 years old, but he's been to a Stanley cup final. He's won a Stanley cup. He was like forever. Exactly. He was one of the guys, he was one of the two guys who had that fight in practice that got things going for the Blues, really fired them up, and they went from last all the way to a cup final, which is an incredible Cinderella story. And look, Sanford, maybe he's not popping off offensively like I had hoped. We saw he was just two years removed from 16-goal season, but he's been a, an effective guy. He's been healthy pretty much. He's played a lot of the games, right? He's been able to move up and down the lineup. He's played on the power play. I'd like a little bit more results from him, but I think he's a guy that the Senators are happy they acquired because they didn't need another 22-year-old fringe NHL prospect, right? That's not what they needed. They needed someone that they can rely on night in and night out and can move up and down the lineup and help provide some veteran presence for this team. So I I think the trade worked out, and I'm still on the side that if they can get Zach Sanford at a good price, I would be okay with extending him for $1. Two years at the most, mm. but it's got to be at a good price, right? Because he, they still, they're going to need veteran guys, right? Like if they let Sanford walk or trade him, they're going to have to replace it somehow. I don't think they need to bring another prospect up to fill that hole. So I wouldn't mind bringing Sanford back just because of the familiarity that would be involved there.
0: Well, his last time as a member of the St. Louis Blues, people are crediting this fight with Robbie Bertuzzo in practice as turning the whole season around. This fight happened when they were in dead last, and next thing you know, they're winning the Stanley Cup. Okay, maybe it was a little bit deeper than that, but truly an incredible turnaround. One for the history books. Think about it as the Hamburglar run, with a little bit more runway in the season to lose more than one game in regulation, make the playoffs, but then continue
1: that run. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All the way to the championship.
0: Game 6 against Montreal should still be going. That Pajot quick whistle, I'll never get over that. However, still under protest. the they and you know what kind of sucked about that run? Not to not to be a complete hater, but if the St. Louis Blues had lost to the San Jose Sharks in the final that yeah, year, yeah, yeah. Ottawa would have got another first round pick in the Eric Carlson trade. Would
1: have been laughable to add that on to the uh the massive load of prospects and picks they got there.
0: And I had forgotten the reason why Ottawa got a 2020 first round pick, because their 2019 first round pick ended up being like 28th, right? Because they made the conference final, was because they gave it away to get a Vander Kane. So talk about an embarrassment for the San Jose Sharks in that trade. The ugly getting uglier, and they don't even get a Stanley Cup final appearance out of it. It's so close, but so far. Now, hey, if you're Zach Sanford, I would say... Like a seat. It's kind of like, yeah. Meh. He's a third line guy. I think if a team gives you a third round pick for him, right? Because that way, even a, would you do it for a fourth? That would be getting back the pick you gave with Logan Brown, assuming he doesn't get 13 more games.
1: No, because look at the impact, right? When would that fourth pick pan out? It probably, I know Drake Bathson, I know Mark Stone, I know there's a lot of good stories about later picks, but you're looking at, two to three years at best that this guy is going to have an impact in the NHL. That's not what the Senators need and they can get third, fourth round picks for other guys that we don't think are going to be returning. Right. So I don't know. I know it's kind of a, it doesn't move the needle too far one way or another, but I'd be okay with them bringing back Sanford in a short-term basis. Yeah.
0: He's making $2 million this year though. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sign him for that much.
1: I think somewhere around that, like he's going to want more than one and a half and he's, <laughs> there's Sens no way this sense can give him 2.5. So it's 1.99. or
0: something, Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Garriock
1: sends signed him for under $2 million. Yeah. What a steal.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of the game tonight, and we will see Zach Sanford. We probably will not see Logan Brown. All that to say, this is going to be a tough one for the Ottawa centers. Let's start with their lineup and. Oh boy. So. They found a combination here that worked and yes. Stutzla Goddet and Formanton is just that Connor Brown has shown offensive upside. here. I'll just run through the lineup first for yeah, everyone who's just, that. just listening and then we'll break it down. So Nick Paul at center on the top line with Brady Kachuk and Connor Brown. The second line is Tim Stutzla between Alex Formanton and Adam Goddet. The third line, Chris Tierney back over to center between Parker Kelly and, and Zach Sanford, the fourth line, Gambrell between Bishop and Ennis. On defense, Mete Zaitsev, which we spoke about. Holden Zub and Branstrom with Josh Brown. Matt Murray starts in goal. That's been confirmed by DJ Smith. So Mark Haslick comes out of the lineup. Dylan Gambrell comes in. Your thoughts on how DJ Smith is playing around here with an undermanned group?
1: I was pretty shocked that Caslick was the odd man out here. Sure, he hadn't been 80% in the faceoff dot the last couple of days. But I still think he played an effective role in the fourth line. He adds some size. Uh, he's still doing okay in the faceoff dot by Ottawa Senators standards, not by league-wide standards. But, again, I think you got to manage ice time if you're DJ Smith. The injuries are piling up here. You need to be rotating guys in and out of the lineup just to keep guys fresh with how compact the schedule is ahead. So, I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's, it, it it's, meh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Fair. What do you think Gambrell did to fall out of DJ Smith's good graces? He loved this guy up until like three games
1: ago. I don't think he's fallen out of DJ Smith's good graces, Ross. I, I think it's clearly just a, a fact of rotating guys to keep fresh legs. Like he, he only missed one. I don't even think it was two, two games. Was it two,
0: two. I think it was the, uh, the Pittsburgh and the Washington game or sorry, uh- Boston and Washington.
1: Okay, yeah. So I I think I think he's still all right by DJ Smith's standards, but I think he just wanted to switch it up because Gambrell, you know what you're getting, right? And it's not it's not awful. He's okay in the faceoff dot, no offensive upside, shutdown center, good on the PK, right? So I think maybe he was just trying to, as the Senators didn't score in back to back games, he was just trying to say, okay, a guy that's a defensive minded guy, maybe we need to get a little offensive strike here. Let's switch it up. I think that's all.
0: So it was just one game. It was the Washington game he played. But he only played seven minutes and 50 seconds against Boston. And really, since the Buffalo game, where I think he left that game, yeah, that was the game he left with injury. Since he's been back, it's been a lot less, right? He really relied on that line through the middle stretch there. Against Columbus in that two-on-win pills, he played almost 20 minutes the game before he got hurt and 16 minutes the game before that, and 14 the game before that, and 15 and 14 and so on. You get what I'm saying? Since he's been back, it's 10, 12, 8. So clearly there has b- been a little bit of progression. I think, I think the difference
1: down. though, Ross, is if you look at the scores, right? Um, those games where he got high minutes is when the Sens were trying to keep yeah. goals from being scored on them. Where the, goal, the games where he didn't get minutes is when the Sens need to score goals. So I think that's the correlation there. That's a great point, Pillsy. Great
0: point, bud. Now let's move Thank over you. to the St. Louis Blues. We're going to get back to our locked-on player at the end of the show, but I need to show you this because this is how you build a hockey team. You could argue that maybe one more piece on the back end, but up front, man, this top nine is about as good as you'll find in terms of depth. Now, I'll run through them first, then we'll discuss. It's Ryan O'Reilly at center between Braden Shen and Jordan Kyrou. On the second line, Robert Thomas between Pavel Buchnevich and Vladimir Tarasenko. The third line is Ivan Barbashev between uh, Brandon Saad and David Perron. And then the fourth line, Joshua Costin and Sunfist on defense, McCullough and Colton Pareko, Krug and Falk, and then Wallman and Bortuzzo. Maybe we'll see a real fight between Bortuzzo and Zach Sanford. Probably not. We don't know either who the goalie will be either Binnington or Husso. And Husso has been by far the better of the two, despite making a, a sliver of what Jordan Binnington is making. Their top is Jordan Kyrou, with 43 points in 42 games, recently won the fastest skater at the NHL All-Star Game. The St. Louis Blues are 27-14-5 and five, with six wins in their
1: last 10 games.
0: Pillsy, it's a good
1: team. This is a great team. Yeah. And like we mentioned that those three top lines are so good. Like maybe people don't know a whole lot about Barbashev or Buchnevich, but these guys are solid and they're all having good years. Like going to their, their stats page, like, yeah, Jordan Kyrou lighting up Tarasenko only has 2 points behind Kyrou. Buchnevich, I think that's one of the most underrated trades all off-season. I have a lot of stock in Buchnevich in fantasy hockey, so I'm glad he's doing well. And then Barbashev, that's a guy I don't know much about Ross, but 34 points in 44 yeah, 34 points in 45 games, excuse me. That's solid and he's shooting at a 20.3% success rate. So these guys, they can get it done.
0: Yeah, he was a guy who I actually got to watch a little bit, same as as um, Shabbat in junior, because he was playing in the Atlantic Division with okay. Moncton when they were up against Halifax, and he was always a good player. Them was him and Connor Garland together on nice. a team in Moncton, and both smaller guys in stature, but they play the game tough, and you can tell just from the way this St. Louis Blues team is built that their coach is Craig Berube chief one of the most toughest feared fighters in nhl history and he certainly has a team here and of course it's the gm doug armstrong who builds the team but he's built it to that flavor of being tough being gritty and it starts with their leader ryan o'reilly now i am so nervous here and this is why it's important the Sens have last change i do not want to see timmy take more than two face offs against ryan o'reilly the best face-off man in the NHL.
1: Yeah. He is incredible in the face-off dot. And that would be very tough assignment for Timmy. So we'll see who, because I don't know. It's going to be Nick Paul, if you're the send, like Paul Brown and Kachuk, but then are you neutering Kachuk a little
0: bit by making him play a more defensive role?
1: I don't think you're neutering him because you know, uh, him and Connor Brown can still get some offense when they get the chances. Right. Especially as of late, they've really kind of heated up here. So, it's going to be interesting to see the matchups here, but in the face-off dot, I think it's going to be a major struggle.
0: Yeah, 100%. And we'll, we'll see how this game shakes out. From a, I think it's going to be a very intriguing game from a coaching standpoint about who's going to match up against who. Because, yeah, Nick Paul's probably going up against Ryan O'Reilly, but then you've got Robert Thomas's line right there. Now, Vladimir Tarasenko was hoping for a trade. In the offseason. He was left exposed to Seattle. Yeah. Don't get me started on Seattle. They absolutely oh butchered God. their expansion draft. They don't even have any picks. That's a story for yeah. another day. A, a day soon as Ottawa is going to yes. face off against Seattle sooner rather than later. We'll roast them as they are meant to be roasted later on. Especially like the only right pick they made was taking Joey to God damn yeah. you. Uh. Seattle. Still an absolute beauty. Dax. Always yep. a friend of the show. That being said, this Blues team, man, they're deep. They're big. They're gonna wear you down. But this is a this is a prime sensing game. You know what? Three one win for the Ottawa Senators oh. tonight. Book it, Pilsy. Three one win.
1: Lo- love the enthusiasm. Love the positivity. But uh, I-, I don't see that. I think I think uh, it's gonna be a four one win for the Blues. But it does depend on the goaltending. Like we need to find out the goaltender to really have a sense of how this is gonna go because Huso is hot and Binnington leads- is cold. He leads the
0: NHL in goals against average.
1: Yeah, who he's so? Does. Very good. Yeah, and Bennington is looking like Matt Murray at the start of this season. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. All right, who's your locked on player for the Ottawa Senators?
1: All right, my locked on player is going to be someone that I think often is overshadowed by bigger names on this team, but it's going to be Braden Shen Ross because he's had a really good uh, a really good year, and I mean, ever since the Blues got him, he's been great. But his last 15 games, so since December seventh. He has 19 points. Like, he's just absolutely lighting it up. I talked about the shooting percentage of Barbashev. He's at a 29% success rate with his shooting lately. So, sure, when you think of the Blues, you think of O'Reilly, you think of Tarasenko, you think of uh, Colton Pareko, all these guys. But don't forget about Braden Chen. That's all I'm going to say.
0: All right. I'm going to keep an eye out for Braden Chen. I'm also going to be looking out for... Robert Thomas. Yes. I mean, lived with the the Kachuk household. You know, there's that relationship there. Brady had the the Blues jersey turned backwards with the Robert Thomas name played on during their cup run after the Sens were out of the playoffs. I know that rubs some fans the wrong way. It doesn't bother me at all. These guys just supporting one another. That being said, tonight is one of those games where, yeah, if Nick Paul, and it's a huge ask to shut down that top line, if they can do that, then that Thomas line is probably going to get the Stutzla Godet Formanton line and defensively they're they're better but I don't know if that's a matchup I really like here if I'm the Ottawa Senator so I'm looking out for Robert Thomas I'm hoping that maybe it's just an off night for him Tarasenko and Buchnevich. those yeah. guys quick strike offense you got to be careful with them as the top line is more of a, a grind down low an overload a you know, get pucks in the corner and just battle it out with, with Shannon and uh, O'Reilly being unbelievable at that. And Cairo being kind of the speed demon on that line, but that second unit, it's going to be pucks in the back, in the back of the net in a hurry if you're not careful. So that whole second line I'm really eyeing in on, but especially Robert Thomas playing center because you know what? I think this, this is a better test for Timmy keep him away from O'Reilly, but I think that he could excel against Robert Thomas. So, if I'm getting a 3-1 win, I need Timmy to at least get a tuck in this one. He's yeah. not my locked-on player. However, I'm doing that for Brady Kachuk. Somebody had to do it against his hometown team. But I have reason. Pillsy, how many teams do you think Brady Kachuk doesn't have a single point against in the NHL? And, of course, we're keeping out Seattle because he hasn't played them yet. Impossible to score against a team you haven't played.
1: I mean, you got to think uh, quite a lot because think of Brady Chuck's career. A big mm-hmm. chunk of that is COVID times and the All-Canadian right. Division. And there's a lot of teams on the West Coast that he hadn't seen much. So I'm going to go with, the, it's got to be about five, right?
0: Well, I'll tell you that he's played only three games against three different teams. That's the fewest he's faced. He's faced Vegas four times, Nashville four times, Minnesota five. So there are Western Conference teams, like you said, who hasn't played much. But there's only two teams who he has no points against ever. One of them is the Columbus Blue Jackets. No points in seven games minus eight. Oops. Ugh. And the St. Louis Blues. Three games minus three. No points. That changes tonight. Brady needs one, at least one. Get him on the power play. I know Shabbat's out. We'll see Branstrom. And a lot of people have been calling for that, even with Shabbat in the lineup, to get Branny. He's just dynamic i don't want to say but he moves fast he moves quicker like shabbat does so much and even strength does so much on the power play that it's just like he shabbat and this is a compliment for him he slows the game down yep but sometimes to a fault when it's in the offensive zone on the power play whereas when you go to the top of the umbrella you want it to go quick to one of your your guys in the one-timer spot or down low and i think Branstrom's really good at that one touch offense so yeah, I'm excited to see how he works out. I wish, of course, that Batherson and Norris were in their usual spots helping out, but alas, that ship has sailed at least for a little while. So that all that to say, I think if Brady gets one, it might be on the power play tonight. The Sens could use it because their power play hasn't been exactly powerful in uh, the last little while.
1: All right. Well, you you gave me two perfect segues into two different topics. You want me to go locked on player or keys to victory?
0: Let's go locked on. We'll get rid of that. And then we'll hit our keys to victory before sending everyone off. And again, make sure you tune in to the postcast following tonight's game.
1: Yeah. So uh, my locked on player, it's gotta be Eric Branstrom. And it was Branstrom before I knew Shabbat was going to be out because look, I don't want to be raining on parades here. I know I do that a lot on this show, but Branstrom. Yeah. His defensive play has been good. He's looked good out there, but this is a guy who we've seen quarterback the top power play in Belleville like uh, like he's done it for years. Like He's so effective at it. We've seen him put up points in Belleville. But this year, Ross, he only has two points and just two assists. And he's averaging over 19 minutes of ice time. Like the opportunity has been there. Like we talked about he needs to get opportunity. But he just he hasn't been able to produce offensively. His last six games, no points at all. And He needs to figure it out. And I think having a chance to be on the top power play unit, although this is a very uh, watered down top power play unit, especially with no Shabbat now, he needs to show what he can do and he needs to produce offensively. And all season, Ross, he only has 24 shots. So he needs to start getting the puck on net. I want to see Branson really take off here because he's not going to get an opportunity to play on the top power play unit with Thomas Shabbat, Ian Mendez, threw that idea to DJ Smith saying, why not do a top unit of Branstrom and Chabot? We've seen how effective they can be five on five together offensively, but DJ Smith quickly shut that down saying, I, I don't think um, Branstrom's the right guy for that because he needs to be at the top of the umbrella. And that's what Chabot's doing on the top unit, right? So we're not going to see that. So that's to say, let's see Branstrom take over this top power play. And if they get power play time, he needs to absolutely dominate. So I'm going to be locked on to Eric Branstrom tonight.
0: Last season, Thomas Shabbat missed the last four games, and Eric Branstrom had four points, was plus one, had yep. five shots on goal and averaged 23 minutes over that stretch. So we'll see if he can continue to improve because I think he's been playing well this year, right? Like he My has, eyes yeah. aren't deceiving me. He has two points in 16 games, and he's That's an offensive defenseman. There's a guy on the other side of the ice who he could really model his game after and Tory Krug. Another He says he event. watches
1: a lot of Tory Krug. He told TSN 1200 that. So yeah, I think Tori Krug, that's a great kind of reach reaching goal to try to be like that player. How the hell are the Sens going to win this game, Pilsy? Well, I can tell you how they're not going to win it. And that's if they aren't disciplined. Because if you look at the St. Louis Blues power play, Ross, only the Leafs are better The St. Louis Blues are clicking at a 27.7% success rate on the power play. So, you know, you talked about it. This is a team that Craig Berube, he likes to get gritty. He likes to play physical. If the Sens start getting frustrated and if the score is not going their way and they start taking penalties, bad discipline penalties, they're going to be out of this game in such a hurry. It's not even going to be funny because this this power play. Like, look at these power play units, Ross. I'm on daily, uh, shout out daily face-off. Braden Shen, Ryan O'Reilly, Cairo with Falk and Perron. Then the second unit is miles ahead of the Sens' top power play unit right now. Pavel Buchnevich with Robert Thomas and Barbashev. Then Krug and Tarasenko. Tarasenko is on their second power play unit. That's what we're talking about here. Like, if the Sens take penalties, they're done. They're done. Unless Matt Murray has yet another uh, masterful performance.
0: Yeah, I like the sound of that, man. The Sens PK has been great. They gave up one against Washington, but they also got one with Alex Formanton earning a shorthanded marker, and it wasn't even on a breakaway. Can you believe that, <laughs> Lil Z? Now, usually I'm I'm a big start start early, start quick guy, but the St. Louis Blues they have 13 wins in 25 games when they score first. That's not that's no. not killer. No, it's not killer for a team. And I think that for my key to victory here. It's take advantage of the only weakness I see on this Blues team. Make their deep pivot and try to get back and get pucks. This McCola-Pareco pair doesn't scare me much, especially. (laughs) Like, Pareco, don't get me wrong, decent to good defenseman, but I want them pivoting and trying to go back and retrieve pucks all night long. It's going to be, if the Sens win this game, it's not going to be Dipsy Doodles at the blue line getting past them. It's going to be chip and chase, hard fork check, and this is where... And Austin Watson serving the last game of his suspension. This is this would be a good Austin Watson game, honestly. So we'll see that's if somebody awesome. else can take on that role of getting pucks in deep, past the defensive make them pivot, pressure them, and don't let their forwards get easy breakouts or else the sense are in real trouble. So that's my key to victory, Pilsy. I know your confidence level is not as high as mine, and maybe I'm gasping here as I, I realize what I've done, what I've said, but I'm on Timmy to score tonight. I'm on Brady to score tonight. And I'm going to probably sprinkle a little bit on Zach Sanford just because I like the storyline there. And his only real big appearance this year was against his hometown team in Boston. Yeah. So why not have another big game against the team he won the Stanley Cup with? Why not?
1: Yeah. crazy. Ross, I I love all those and I hope those happen. But there's one thing you mentioned that I hope happens the most and that would be a Sanford-Bertuzzo fight. Like, imagine that actually happens like, Sens are going to win the cup if Sanford wins that fight. No? Nope. I don't know.
0: Maybe by osmosis, but I don't yeah. think he wins that fight nine no, out of ten I don't times. Think,
1: how did the fight go in practice? Did we get a hockey fights winner or loser from that we, one? We didn't, but I think he got pumped. I don't <laughs> think he even threw a punch. Hey, but Sanford, good on him. He knows I got to take a couple punches to the face to get this team going. That's a okay. team guy. Get, get him going here. All right. Well, we'll let you know on Twitter when we find out the
0: starting goalie. For the St. Louis Blues, everyone cross your fingers and hope that it's Jordan (laughs) Bennington. And a best case scenario, get Bennington in his own head. This guy is a complete snap show out there. So hopefully the Sens can use that to their advantage. We'll be touching base with you later on today as well, not only on Twitter at Send Central, but in the postcast after the game. I have a feeling it's going to be electric. And again, Laleem's Martian looks like a completely different dude. I don't know if he's trying to go anonymous times two or what the deal is, but you have to see it to believe it. So find out tonight in the postcast on
1: our YouTube. Pillsy, any final thoughts before we go? I think Laleem's Martian is just getting to his head, Ross. A couple uh, people in the chat said he looked cute. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to look even cuter. And uh, he might he might have achieved it. You got to wait and see to find out.
0: Hope you enjoyed today's show. Have a great day, everyone. We'll chat later. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast. Your team every day.